On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if the CW's Flash can outrun Justice League's Flash, at least as far as Twink Charm goes, if Asta is okay after finding out Harry is an alien on Resident Alien, and if Falcon and Winter Soldier has recovered from its slow premiere. All of that and more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host of this episode, which means that I will be, um, first of all, um, first on the call sheet, and I'm just like number one on the call sheet, number one in your hearts, I was what I would say, and I think the people are saying. Um, we have some other people here who are also on the call sheet, though. Uh, let me introduce you to number two on the call sheet, Ryan. How's it going? All right, number two, baby. Look, number two is honestly the highest I could have made it. I understand how Cassie pays the call sheet makers, whoever mm-hmm. they are, those gods, to uh, create the call sheet and put her number one. But the fact that I made it number two means that it's the highest I could have possibly gone. And I'm so glad to be here, Cassie. <laughs> I um, I see I'm going to have to get back in touch with the uh, call sheet people because I, I forgot how much it would go to your head to be number two. And uh, it's already regretting it. So I'm actually going to put um, number. You guys are both number two just to like humble you out a bit. Hi, Mike. Number two as well on the call sheet. How's it going? That's not how math works. I well, never... We're going to just <laughs> we're going to get stuck in every doorway because we're showing up at the same time. <laughs> OK, hold on, though. Works. How many times, Mike, have we been stuck in the same doorway? So many times, man. I'd like, um, but by by going out the same doorway at the same time, or coming, I'm coming in while you're coming out. At all times, we're just in the same doorway. Yeah, either it, we're completely in sync or so out of sync that we're back in sync. <laughs> it makes bye, sense. Bye, bye, bye. Damn, it makes sense though, because when I started here, um, the board kept talking about how like we need to make a budget to make the doors wider. Because they just uh-huh. didn't understand doors, and uh, now now I see why. After watching you guys for a full year, just like bump into each other trying to walk through a door, it it's really it needs to be a priority here. Does it freak you out, Cassie, that every time it happens, we both drop to the ground and do that uh, turn on our side and spin with our feet? Does that is that does that creep you out? It used to creep me out, and now it's just endearing. Now it's just like oh, those boys, look at. That's why the bottoms of every door at the pop filter office look so kicked in, because they are. That's what we think 69 means. <laughs> it yeah. is. is. My that, wife hates 69ing. <laughs> as the person who's good at math, I think that is also as well. Uh, but it is, like, there. It's, it explains a lot, because when I saw these marks on the door, like, I thought I was, I was worried I was getting into some Kyles who were going to punch the door, but I, I'm glad it's just kicking the door. Like, it seems calmer that you guys are kicking the doors instead of punching them. Uh, the, no, it's just like the base of the door. It's not yeah. like violently. We're not breaching every doorway we go to. <laughs> but honestly, you guys could. Have you considered it? It really makes an entrance. Like the Kool-Aid man has a presence. The first thing you should do whenever you investigate a crime scene is look at the marks on doors and walls. Like if 
there's a crime scene and there's like fingers right like at the top, like towards the ceiling. You know, some 13 year old who has never <laughs> been tall before definitely did the murder. And then they jumped up and tried to like high five the ceiling. Blood splattered the ceiling of the door. And if there's claw marks, it was obviously Wolverine. This is what is like taught to cops on like day one. Oh, Wolverine. Do you guys miss watching X-Men the Animated Series? I do miss it I a do. bit. I miss those. I forgot kids. we weren't supposed to and watched a couple weeks ago, so now I'm just gonna have to rewatch that episode. I've been oh, watching no. Zack Snyder's X-Men the Animated Series, and it's been so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of, it is a big show, so we we gotta get to it because for our main event, we'll be talking about The Flash, which everybody is excited for. I know Mike is the most excited. But before that, even more exciting, we're going to be talking and continuing our talk about The Snyder Cut. On parts three and four of The Snyder Cut, we're a couple of hours in into this four-hour-long journey, and the team is just now unofficially formed. During the recruitment phase, we get the background story for Cyborg and see how he, has, he was resurrected and formed by his dad after a terrible car accident that should have taken his life. He stands in stark contrast to the DCEU's attempt at comedy, which is a bumbling Barry Allen with the social skills of a four-year-old. This ragtag team of Batman... Wonder Woman, The Flash, and Cyborg faces off with Pomplemousse Dark LaCroix, or whatever his name is, and it ends in a stalemate <laughs> thanks to Aquaman showing up and bending the water like Moses to stop the flood of upcoming water that should have drowned them. After the showdown, the League doesn't know how to defeat Pomplemousse and are worried that fighting the final Tesseract, or I'm sorry, Mother Box. Luckily, Cyborg knows literally everything about these boxes because he was resurrected by one, and he also just happens to have the final box just chilling in his basement. After an obligatory planning session complete with a tiny table and spinning camera, the League one by one finishes, e finishes each other's sentences and decides that they need to use the resurrection power of the Mother Box to bring back Superman, who is their only chance at defeating these CGI evil dudes. After failing to kill the information out of civilians, Dark Pomplamoose tries fisting the Mother Box, which then in return tells them that the Earth is the location of the anti-life formula. So Pompamoosey runs straight to Darkseid Daddy to tell him that he is a good research boy and that he has found this formula, which Papa Darkseid deems intriguing enough to manifest for a visit. Taste buds, I ask you, did the group interacting with each other pick up the pacing of the movie and provide enough entertainment to keep you watching this? Oh, Jesus, Cassie. So much to say after everything that you just said. <laughs> yeah. We want to react to literally every bit. It, 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 Wait, first of all, Mike, before you get started, can we just talk about how Pomplamoose looks like a papa and also a moose and also a grapefruit, uh, a grapefruit with antlers? Just the Pomplamooseiest Pomplamoose of all yeah. time. It makes me not want to drink my favorite LaCroix no more. Is that, what, is that yours, Pomplamoose? Yeah, I love Pomplamoose. It's everybody's. It's the only good flavor of LaCroix. How, why does grapefruit... Grapefruit tastes like shit, but pomplamoose tastes so delicious. Because it's grapefruit that went to college. It studied abroad. <laughs> Which this guy. All right, did Mike. Not. Please continue. <laughs> uh, it's I. So I'm going to try to answer Cassie's question. Uh, contractually, we have to keep watching it. So, mm -hmm. how good or not good this part was is not the rant why I'm going to keep watching it. Are you I will say, did it get you any more excited? Even like a point five more excited. I like Bumbling Barry. I don't know where my warmth till Ezra Miller comes from. I, I think I've seen one movie with him in it, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, and I, I think he's actually a piece of shit in real life. Uh, well, but he's on the Me Too list, so I can see how you relate to him. 
Is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know he choked a fan. Like, he threw somebody to the ground, but I didn't know he... Isn't that... Shouldn't he be cut just for that? Yeah, I mean, that's fucked up. But I'm saying, so as an actor, I was trying to figure out, I was like, I like this guy. And I was like, why? Because I saw some teen movie years ago. Uh, His, you know, it might just be that there's the only person who finds things cool or fun in this movie is his Flash. And so that's why I'm like, all right. (laughs) Okay, so I, I, I think that I am on the outs here. I think that I am the pariah. But fuck, man. Like... I, as he, his thing of like Peter Parker as done by Woody Allen makes me <laughs> wish for the sad sack stoic DC characters so much. I can't fucking take it. I can't fucking take yeah. all of the acting, all of the acting, all the hand gestures, <laughs> all of the everything. Like he is, he's not the Flash with the Speed Force. He's Flash with the I can twitch or move my hands at such a rate. <laughs> That you'll, you've never seen an actor speedier than me. And before the casting agent could be like, wait, I don't know if that's good. He's already got the part and now he's in it. It was hard to watch. That's what he's like one of the worst parts of this. I was kind of excited for the flash because like, I, you know, he should have been like the like the, he was supposed to be like the lighter one. And I was like, hell yeah, let's get some a little bit of comedy in mm-hmm. here. And then I wanted him immediately off the screen, like wanted no part of this guy. Run that way. It, it- it sucks. It feels like Snyder told him nobody else will ever be lighthearted. This is all on you. And he snapped because like Cyborg as a character in the cartoon and in the comics is light and fun. Yeah. He is not this, Nos- not Nostradamus, uh, Quasimodo, like hunch growling at everybody. He's like trying to out mean Batman and dark uh, Superman, the whole fucking movie. And I mean, it wasn't like subtly done how much cyborg we got in here but like i did appreciate a lot of cyborg backstory and him playing football and whatnot but hey hey at least uh it really slowed down while he was playing football (laughs) we got that slow-mo there at this point i've tracked it so uh in part one wonder woman's superpowers is she go fight slow aquaman he walked very slow and drinks in slow motion Mm-hmm. And litters, which is not an Aquaman's character, as the internet has pointed out. Uh, the Flash runs in slow motion because they can't go toe-to-toe with Evan Peters' speed, so we'll just slow it down even more than Wonder Woman was. And now normal football games, also in slow motion. The people who are trying to say, like, give Zack Snyder, like, they don't want to be pro him, but they're like, but he does good as a like a visual director. Show me. Because no. putting everything slow is no. I, I, yeah, I do think that... Any of us could have done that. But I do appreciate Cyborg going through all the stuff, all the emotions of like, why I why I talk like this? Why I only say a few words? You know, we got that. Like, he seemed to be like a pretty good kid. And then his mom died and his dad's a bitch. And like his dad... Uh, Frankensteined him. Dad Frankenstein him. I thought, th- I thought Cyborg was like 50% Ray Fisher. It's like uh-huh. it's like twenty four percent. He's but, got half of his face left, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a lot, and so and like and and then ha- is, he's able to like walk through the Holocaust. That's a lot of stuff for Flash just to be like, oh, um, I eat a lot of pizza. Isn't that cute? It, it was uh, fucking r- intolerable. Ryan, he says, "I'm a black hole of snacks. I'm a snack hole." Oh my god! <laughs> you know that quote. You're terrible. He's a podcaster. That's what yeah. he is. He's a 
Uh, well, my favorite part of the whole movie, because I'm in the future and I've watched the whole thing, probably is the Flash's introduction. It isn't him, but when Iris is about to die, I don't know if you guys caught this, there are hot dogs just slowly flying by her head as it looks like she's going to die, and I have not laughed so loud in so long. There's so many stupid things throughout this that I'm like, wait, does Snyder get jokes? Yeah, does all of this trolling people who demanded his movie for the last five years? I want to get to the Flash intro in a second, but real quick, uh, my favorite part of this whole section was Ben Affleck's reaction. Uh, Flash comes down out of the plane, and he's like, hey, I'm Flash. Am I Flash? Who knows if I'm Flash? Maybe I'm Flash. Maybe I'm not Flash. Maybe you're Flash. Hey, I'm Flash. And Wonder Woman looks at uh, Bruce Wayne, and Bruce Wayne's like, I don't fucking, I don't fucking know, man. This generation. That's exactly how I felt, Ben Affleck. Okay, but the... the he just made the in, soon-to-be infamous Dunkin' Donuts dropping face. <laughs> Kiersey Clement, an incredible actress who was just absolutely cut from this movie in the Whedon-verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we get her, and Flash has to save her. And it's it's not the, the, the Flash stuff that happens while this guy who drops, I'm going to guess, a burger that cost him $3,000. Otherwise, why would you... I uh, risk everything for this burger that fell on the, <laughs> the floor truck of driver truck. in the biggest truck. <laughs> uh, Look, you you eat fast food while driving when you're on the freeway, bro. Not when there's lights and turns. Not in the middle of a downtown. Or buy a burrito, a much better food for eating while driving. Yes, compact. But he sure. he drops his burger, and you know he's just going to stare at it and not look at the road while he picks it up. Crashes into Kiersey Clemens. Barry Allen runs out. Tries to. I can't believe how much we're going to talk about Barry Allen tonight. Runs out um, and grabs hot dogs in the air. Yes, hilarious. I do have to ask you guys about this, though. Before he saves her life, brushes the hair off of her forehead mm-hmm. because she is just a pawn in his superheroality. That, well, it, is that it, not creepy as fuck? Yeah, the way the internet blew up, I thought he was going to do apparently what Ezra Miller has done in real life. Just be a real goddamn creep. And so when it was just like brushing hair out, I was like, I don't know. Like, it's it, that's the one of the moves. Don't when touch it works, her. That's the kind of move. Movies do this all the time. And when it works for people, it's fine. And when it doesn't, like if the rest of the movie was good, we'd probably be like, that was sweet. And they're going to have a great romance someday because it's dog shit all around. I don't know, man. And he's so terrible. Like, if he was at all a good character, like, maybe it would be fine. But he's right. the worst. So, like, it automatically comes off as creepy. And, like, you cannot touch anybody ever. Don't it touch those puppies. It, don't touch her. It didn't help that it looked like... Don't even touch a, those puppies. <laughs> a target mannequin. They just threw a wig. And that's what he moved the hair. Like, she looked more lifeless than anything in this movie. Yeah. Um, we do gotta get to the fight though. So these guys form, and when they form, it's the weirdest thing. They like meet up with Commissioner, like the bat signal goes up, and then the team forms like as the commissioner is like talking to him. Like I think only Batwoman and Wonder Woman show up, and then the rest are like, "I'm down to join." Like as he's giving the lowdown, it was a really weird like formation. Well, the, there's uh, this the is an OG scene, right? Yeah. Wait, was it in the fr- a, a version of this was in the just Josh? Mm. The Josh Weed and Justice League. The Justice League. <laughs> uh, there's a version of this in the as uh, I'm going to plug this another podcast I was on, the Story Geeks. Uh, we cover this whole thing. They call it the Justice League when we're talking about the old one. Oh. So the Justice good. League has a version of this scene, but uh, I think a lot of it is different. And of course, this one is much longer. Mm. Longer, it you say? Unbelievable, <laughs> but then you know they go to for or they go against um, Pomplamoose. I refuse to learn his name, 
And uh, they, like, fight him in this crawler technology thing. Like, out of all the equipment that he could have brought, the crawler really confuses me. And I like the uh, I like the whole idea of this. Uh, Let's get it sewers. This is, like, a 30-minute scene because in Zack Snyder's Justice League, every scene is 30 minutes. It's a 30-minute battle, and they sort of mostly suck. Uh, yeah. Well, and the, and this is uh, Flash points out that they're supposed to be a team, and they are not fighting together. They're all like, "We're gonna work together," and then they all just do their own fucking solo wolf thing. And I really like that idea. And like, I do sort of think that it is sort of showing how in other superhero team movies they say that they're gonna work as a team, but typically mm-hmm. they don't, you know, because that's really hard to show for a long time. And so they all fail. But I think that the spotlight is a little bit too hard. Uh, but also it. My favorite part is just before they do it, they have they have Batman, Wonder Woman, the Flash, and Cyborg before the battle starts, and what they do, and the Zack Snyder cut shows this. They march up seven flights of stairs. There are so <laughs> many ways to get up to the top of that tower, and it, like it cuts to them just being like, "Oh my God, well, this is insane!" They all, because they're all demigods. They walk so Bruce Wayne doesn't feel bad about his old man, <laughs> just legit normal humanness. Uh, but he has a grappling hook that is essentially yes. Spider-Man's webs. They all could have done that 15 minutes earlier. Look, Zack Snyder promised four hours. He was like, how am I going to fit it all in there? <laughs> He's got to fill the time somehow. Uh, but yeah, this... I, w- w- in, in, towards the end of this fight, or I guess the midpoint of this fight, uh, the water starts coming, and it, they're all superheroes. Some of them can move very fast, while they look like they're very slow. And instead of doing anything, they all just stare at the water like they're the universal tram ride and the water's coming down that little village road. And <laughs> it's it's borderline like it's that Austin Power scene where like it cuts the guy and then <laughs> yes. it cuts the thing. Stop Yeah, the steamroller and then it cuts the guy. Like the water takes forever. And then I guess when the water leaked in, I should have figured, Oh, Aquaman's coming, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Instead he magically <laughs> appeared and I was like, Oh right, Jesus movie. And then Aquaman is there, and he stops it, sort of. He can control water, kind of. To a point. And he yeah. does his best job. Which I like that. I like that he's not super water god. Yeah. He's struggling. Because he, he, did at, one point, at one point, he turns around, and he's like, you guys still have to run. Yeah. Like, what the Why? fuck? Yeah. yeah, they stop because they're going to die, and then they stop to watch his muscles ripple. And I, he's just like, please leave. I can't believe how much of this they just stand there and watch. Mouth agape, drool coming out. I was waiting for and them that, to that's start, also like start singing the old ancient like song to him. Like they were just witnessing. <laughs> they just had to like praise him for it. There should have been three women that came down and just been like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, he just rolls in with his entourage wherever he goes. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, Mike. What were you going to say? And- uh, I don't remember anymore, but I want to jump to like the very end of this chapter. We get a, a very sweet, rare human moment in the movie and in Zack Snyder's filmography between Martha and Lois. Mm-hmm. And Martha is is like, I miss him too. And it's like, this is the first, we're two and a half hours in and this is the first glimpse of humanity and people relating to each other as people. Like, mm-hmm. it's something to bite into. And then he throws it away. I did the math, by the way. Uh, seven Oscar nominations in that scene. Between the two of them? Yeah. Nice. Then why are they slumming it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> then Martha walks out, 
turns into Martian Manhunter and goes, the world still needs you, Lois. Uh, I believe it's Marth Shin Manhunter. Martha <laughs> Shin Manhunter. The world still needs... How does he know who Lois is? What's his creepy deal? And then he turns into the general for Man of Steel, a movie we're supposed to remember from 2013. Oh, okay. <sighs> I was wondering who, so thank you for piecing that. <laughs> I feel like I'm nerdy enough to get excited about a Martian Manhunter appearance if it makes sense as to why it's happening whatsoever. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's not the last time we'll see him, and the future is even dumber. Well, that was the, that was the big surprise, because I already know that he appears at the end. So for him to be here, even yes. dumber than what I, uh, I assume will be at the and end, was crazy. Undercut the the connection. All this made that scene made me want a instead of having Amy Adams do Hillbilly Elegy, which is also a dog shit movie. I want an hour and a half dinner with Andre of these two characters dealing with the loss of Clark. I'm fucking sold on that. Did you guys think it was weird when uh, Martha looked directly at Lois Lane and she was like, do hillbilly elegy? And then A.B. Adams was like, <laughs> I'm a hillbilly. <laughs> this is my elegy. Um, but like the, the Martha and Lois scene reminds me of a different scene from these two chapters, which is the uh, Diana and Alfred scene. And mm-hmm. this is what I expected and would have wanted more of if we had a different director of like human interaction <laughs> yeah kind of because yeah the, the the alfred diana scene she's making fun of him because he's making batman gauntlets that can repel bullets and right. she's calling him out for biting her style she's like why don't make just a black lasso too right and <laughs> and while diana's trying to make tea but it's not alfred tea and he's like well that's not bat tea here's how you make bat tea uh but like the the this is what i want right like this is sort yeah. of like my perfect thing and Unfortunately, the movie's super long because of these scenes with a Helmer who is not great at these scenes. Interested. Who I doesn't care. Yeah, he's not interested. We, we've, like, we being the greater nerd world has said the difference between Marvel and DC is Marvel, it's Peter Parker, not Spider-Man first. And DC, it's Superman, not Clark first. But, and like, and Snyder has talked to everyone's like, these are like gods. But the reason gods are interesting is their humanity that's why nobody cares about the christian god everybody cares about zeus right because and the, it, it's, the, it's the, not it's about human it's not about zeus throwing thunder it's about zeus being like fuck you wife and we're like i'm gonna turn into a swan and fuck some human bitches soap opera and then zeus being like oh you're pregnant how about this shit and then just pulling a daughter straight out of his head that's the <laughs> my stuff brain was pregnant <laughs> which is and just like trolls go it's on it's just like trolls World Tour? Zeus yes, World, World Tour, Tour is obviously a better sequel. Uh, and then, real quick, Cassie, before we get out of here, uh, I do want to talk about that spinning camera that you mentioned in the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. That was, I have never directed a fucking movie before. Like It was wh- terrible. It wouldn't stop. We know this is important. <laughs> we know it's leading up to Superman. Shut the fuck up and let your characters talk. And it was <laughs> like, it was worse than like a Universal Studios, uh, I'm going to sit in a car, put 3D glasses on and go uh-huh. on a ride tour. It was like, oh, I, I, like, I have this thing on a, like a steady cam on a, on a, on wheels. And I'm on a gonna, Roomba. And, and I'm just going to spin it as fast as I fucking can. <laughs> It felt like when you go to like a, a state fair or a county fair and there's the mega loop, which is just like the loop part of a roller coaster, but the carny, you thought you smelled a little bit of Jim Beam on him, and then he walks away while you're just going. So it just goes way longer than it was supposed to. A real thing that happened to me as a child. And sometimes 
Sometimes the characters wouldn't hear the other one. And those are, first of all, those are lines that you can cut from a normal movie, but this is four hours. And also, you don't have to have the sweeping camera. So uh, Barry Allen would say something, and Aquaman would be like, what? And then one of them would be like, wait, what? And it would still be a sweeping camera. What? Look, what did he- we cut all of our what's out of this podcast, and there are so many. <laughs> Stop the camera. The camera. Uh, what? Uh, I have read more and more reviews, because this is week two of us going through this shit, about why this is good. And I'm starting to think that I, I, I do sort of understand it because movies have to move at a pace that TV shows don't. And so this is a TV show that can explain its shit. But ultimately, no, it's still a four-hour movie. It's also it, not a TV show. It, yeah, he it, doesn't it get it any It fucking pace. sucks, dude. It fucking sucks to sit through this. I think it's... I fucking hate this. I fucking hate this. I think the reason people are positive on it, and we'll we'll talk about it at the end, I'm sure, but like we're coming out of the pandemic. People need something to grip onto. Maybe they don't want to be snarky internet fucks anymore. It's fun to shit on Joss Whedon for sure. Yeah, Joss Whedon, even worse stuff has come about him. So there's that. And that the reason this only exists now is because Snyder lost his daughter. So I think all of that is blending together. People are like, here's why it was good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but we are soulless and can say it is, st- we're not talking about people and anything they went through just as a piece of art in isolation. Two hours in, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's rough, but we do, you guys, we get another chance to talk about it. Can you believe that? So save all your comments. Superman will be there. Superman will be there. We'll see if that helps it out. Uh, maybe, like, Mike's teasing a good Flash moment, so I've, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk about that later, because right now we got to go to our main event, which is The Flash. <laughs> On this week's episode of The Flash, the time-traveling magician known as Abracadabra is back in town, and this time he's here to destroy Central City and steal all of Gambit's moves. Magician Boy is mad because he had a family in an alternate universe that got taken from him when they fixed the crisis. Barry talks about talks him out of destroying the city, but as soon as he turns good, a giant beast-slash-wrestler with a sweet-ass ponytail shows up and kills him. Also, Iris is dealing with her own crisis as she realizes she needs to face her trauma from the Mirrorverse. Taste buds, I ask you, why did the writers throw in a beast slash wrestler in the end? Why wasn't Magician right. Boy enough of a plot for an episode? So we're just going to start out with this gorgeous <laughs> ponytailed wrestling babe. Lady this Hulk. Beautiful man. Gorgeous Hulks of Glow. Is what I will call this lady. <laughs> God is Hulk so gloating. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely thought that we were working towards the end of an episode when uh, Barry got to uh, Felipe and they were like, oh shit, I'm sorry. You know what? You know what? Uh, we have all of the main characters in this show have been going through the same thing. And this is the first time where. Uh, I've actually listened to the person talking to me instead of just talking about myself to somebody else about... And it has to be somebody who's always trying to kill me. (laughs) How my trauma is working. And then, and then, uh, She-He-Hulk comes in and just fucking crushes everything. I think it's... it's because look, we're we're dealing with the the mirror monarch. It turned out Ava was called, even though everybody just knows she's Ava McCulloch. Uh, We're dealing with her aftermath. And then this was an in-betweener. And so this is supposed to tease us, like, the next big bad is somebody who should be fighting Sonic and Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Ore. 
This is going to take Sonic and Knuckles. Well, I like Barry looks so surprised because this thing just hit him and knocked. He hasn't gotten the wind knocked out of him in years. And he was just like on the ground like, what the fuck? Is, okay, first of all, is I don't mean to be like binary, but was this a woman? And I thought so. Second of all, straight out of an 80s comedy because she would uh, suck in the biggest powers and then like burp and giggle. Like she would, she would take Abracadabra's entire city destroying powers and then like swallow them and be like, yeah, the 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 neutron bomb or whatever that that was gonna like wipe out the city ever having existed. She just and I believe and if I if I may quote she he Hulk, no Sonic, no Knuckles. I mean, like then how are you gonna defeat her? (laughs) But that is the very end of this episode. Yeah. So and like at the beginning we have with uh, just the wildest turn like this thing starts with Barry just trying to be overly dramatic and like it was by dramatic you mean romantic romantic yes. I do indeed thank you <laughs> see this is why Cassie's single <laughs> somebody's like here's a flower and she's like a little dramatic <laughs> no but like the the most relatable part of this episode is that Barry's trying to be romantic and Iris at a certain point is like all right. Sure. I gotta work. You've taken me to Monaco 18 times this week. I know, and then Barry reveals himself, and he's like, please. You know, like, that was the moment yeah. of the episode well, where he was like, please go, please go on this trip. That that moment, I did think, worked and was so much better than Ezra Miller's Flash. Uh, it sucks that Grant Gustin always has to be the emo sad sack Flash, but this whole episode was tackling survivor's guilt. All of our characters are dealing with survivor's guilt in different ways. As as a big heavy theme, how do you guys think the Flash handled that? They did better than I thought, honestly. <laughs> I think cuz I my expectations so low for this. Like I was I was surprised by that they didn't absolutely like do the it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we've watched a lot of our shows have handled PTSD before, and mm-hmm. in a very obvious, not nuanced, not super careful way. Right. Uh, and like, so the Punisher, I guess, would be the high mark, and the low mark would be Riverdale last week, <laughs> uh, which was just fucking awful. This was this was weird though because it this is where is it's one of those episodes where you really feel that it has to be forty four minutes because. Mm-hmm. The uh, the conversation, like, I don't know, like the circulation conversation of Iris and Barry and Abracadabra of them constantly telling each other what they need to be told or understand. And then at the end, it finally hitting. It was right. it, it was a little too much. Like, I love when an episode will have all of the plot lines have the same theme. But this was sort of more like all of the plot lines have the same exact hammer directly to your face. Well- this was theme 101. Uh, like what I'm, what I'm realizing, and maybe we've said this before, but like Berlanti and Co. Because it's it's not just him. Uh, all the Arrowverse shows have to differentiate themselves somehow. It really does feel like this show more than literally any of the other ones is. This is the one for 14 year olds. This and, is teaching kids how all this stuff works. And I get that too, but don't you think it was a bridge too far when at the end, beefy wrestler girl was like. And look, you have to get over. Oh shit, Sonic and Knuckles, and then she <laughs> ran away. <laughs> Just go to your support group, guys. If Sonic, that- we keep talking about Sonic and Knuckles, and I would be loving this episode if it ended with Sonic and Knuckles. Like well, my tone would be completely different talking about this. I'd be so stoked. It, it's weird that there was a teaser at the end because there was a teaser in the beginning when five different colored lightning bolts shot out throughout the city. True. 
you know each one of those is going to be a different speedster, right? Has this show taught us nothing? It's so well, maybe one was blue and maybe one was Sonic. Did you guys do res- uh, <laughs> do research about Beefy Wrestler? No. No, I, re- I just accepted this wild I'm, thing coming in. Let it wash over us. <laughs> okay, so this is a pretty new thing in the comic books. And... The Beefy Wrestlers? If there's, a, <laughs> if there's a Green Lantern, we have to assume that there is a white and black and yellow lantern, right? So is this like the Hope Force? No. It's, it's the the muscle it's force? Very, it's very clearly the Strength Force. Yeah, Cassie. It's, it, what the fuck? It, well, not her, but I'm saying are there, are there, yeah, so there's the Strength Force. I'm saying, well, they're also, yeah. I wasn't saying, is she the Hope Force, obviously. You I see, was saying. You see her and you're like, oh, there is hope in the world. Because <laughs> now all. Hope for defeating the evil rodents that are Sonic and Knuckles. <laughs> But no, the whole point is that she can't defeat Sonic and Knuckles. That's the only two things she's scared of. Oh. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Keep up with the plot here. We, we, let's dig into Abracadabra. Hold on. You don't, don't want to <laughs> dig more into how Sonic and Knuckles have <laughs> Why would you their finger in the hope force? Like, I feel I'm, like we owe it. I'm the host, <laughs> and I want to talk about Knuckles and Sonic. All right, you're the host. <laughs> no. Let's get two Knuckles deep. <laughs> Oh, and there we go. Now you know how to get me back to the main topic. Let's let's do talk about Abra. Uh, what what do you want? I felt like this dude was like exactly like Lin Manuel. Like I legitimately had to look up if this actor was Lin Manuel Miranda. I don't know why. Like I looked him up too, and he's so familiar. And he he is in the new James Gunn Suicide Squad movie. But other than that, I, like I feel like I know this guy, and I couldn't place him. I think Mike. It, it's. Is it because he looks like the guy from Mulholland Drive, the the cop who gets scared to death by the bum behind the dumpster? He does kind of look like that guy, and it's because he looks like the guy in Ant-Man and the guy in Gotham and the guy in The Walking Dead. He's been in literally every one of her okay. shows and movies so, ever. So is he on your, uh, what's her name, list of pop Oh, it's been, it's been so fucking long since I've took Brianna. I Sorry, think, Brianna. <laughs> I think her name was Hope Force. Hope Force. Uh... Yeah, they, I assume they're best friends and or married because they are both on everything we watch. And now I'm worried they're stalking us in a weird way. It's for sure about us, yeah. But there, uh, there is something about... Okay, look, The Flash is a fine show. The Flash is like borderline grandfather show now that Arrow and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are off the air. But there's something about bringing new actors in that I, like, I bought Felipe's story more than I bought anybody else in this episode's story because he's not a typical Flash actor. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's funny. So this is Abra's second or third episode, and which they've talked about. Like, in this episode, they were like, the last time, blah, blah, blah. This is your second episode. Yeah. But uh, it's... No, I lost that train of thought completely. No. Oh, that they're, they're, Grant Gustin gave an interview just like, David, I don't know how to say his last name, David D., uh, the actor and he's like he's like the best actor I've ever he's just so giving and so the whole time I had this like Anthony Hopkins-esque description of an actor and watching him be abracadabra I was like I mean it's nice that Grant Gustin's nice about the people he works with yeah and he's clearly on a CW show for sure he was this character was like the introdu- this was the first introduction to him for me and like as soon as we got a magician coming onto the scene and like killing a person with cards like I was 
so confused with what has happened to the Flash and the people we are bringing <laughs> into this. I was I was there for season one of the Flash, and now I popped in here, and I was like, "What has happened?" Oh, so you've missed like mind controlling gorillas. There's a lot you've missed, Cassie. <laughs> but Cassie, as you mentioned before, a little bit of methadone for the lack of ex Tasmania, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, we get a bad like we get somebody with the powers of cars. That that felt good. That like we don't have Gambit this week. But we have this guy. Mm-hmm. And he says stupid things like Gambit, but his stupid things are like, and now for my greatest trick, absolute suffering, yeah. which is not clever. He should get a writer. <laughs> and should. I will say, though, Mike, you said that this was like a uh, a tweener, right? Like It feels like it, right? Like Ava's gone and we're going to get something else. So, yeah, we we had a random pop off. And I would say that this, this guy was good for that. You know, like if this guy's going to be a, the tweener between the, uh, the last storyline and the next one of uh, mm-hmm. Beefy Lady then this guy of like we get to do cool stuff from the future because the flash has always been like obsessed with the future and then also mm-hmm. sort of have him go through the same stuff that Barry and Iris are going through right. then i guess that does sort of work well, what i love about him and this is not cw flash's fault this is cuz it's silver age 1960s bullshit is uh he's from the 64th century but they still think he'll speak english and have similar historical references. Like, do you know how far the 64th century is in the future, guys? It was. Yeah, but, but like, uh, uh, Mech Vibe or Mecha Vibe went to grab a donut, and Abracadabra was like, I knew you would do that. I'm from, from the 64th century. <laughs> yeah, from the I, I, I knew that you would do that. Bitch loves donuts. <laughs> Oh, and they're talking about, ooh, Vibe. So this is the first time, like, the crew got back together, right? Cisco and Caitlin have been gone. For contractual reasons, probably, or pregnancy reasons in real life. They both got pregnant? Huh? They They both both got pregnant. They got each other pregnant. So there's new Team Flash and old Team Flash, and this is the first time I've seen uh, Chester P. Runk, don't call him Chunk, and Cisco together, and they are insufferable. Okay, yeah. Dude. I was worried you were going to say you loved him, and I was going to lose it. No, it's... it's such basic bitch nerd shit where what they're doing is talk about the perfect Star Wars order. The, the, how nerdy these two are, they'd be so deep in talking about like why you should watch the 1960s Doctor Who before the 1980s and then jump to 2005 and then back to the 90s. Uh-huh. Like, I, I played this battle in my head while watching this of who the fuck is Chester and who the fuck is Allegra and why are they necessary? And based on this one episode, I get Allegra. Chester is just... Is just vibe or uh, Cisco? Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Like, where where are the jokes? Why is the banter like the the banter should be banter should have foils. Banter should have like you need a Costello, you know, right. or your Abbott. This is insanely terrible. They forgot. So Caitlin and Cisco worked. If we want to say that they ever worked, because their love was there and they were so different how they faced the world. Nobody wants twins who aren't related to just be around each other. That's why people don't like it when Ryan and I are in the same room. <laughs> it's so true. Um, yeah, they they were the worst part of it. I do enjoy um, like Iris and Barry when they're not being too over the top. I feel like they're probably the best part of the show. Like when they're just like real with each other is like I when I they settled into it. Yeah, felt I felt the most grounded with them too. They've definitely settled into it, and the thing about Barry and Iris scenes, even if you don't like them, you have to admit that like when one talks and is done with their sentence, then the other one talks. <laughs> but with Chester and Cisco, one will talk, and then the show will just stop and just be like, uh, yeah. did you hear what he said? 
like like it's a laugh track show without a laugh track. Like right. I I wanted to drive. Cassie, you already moved on from this, but still, I, like I wanted to drive <laughs> my pen through my eye. It was Dude, terrible. No, I'm gonna be a good panelist and go back to what Cassie was talking about. Uh, the Barry and Iris. Part of why he feels so guilty is because him and Mirror Iris fucked and. Oh. By, I know you guys didn't watch these episodes. The way she moved through the world, you know they did stuff normal Iris and Barry <laughs> never fucking did. And that's why he feels so guilty. Like oh. in a swimming pool, let me finish, above ground. That's how <laughs> gross they got. Uh, yeah. Some other character says, I watched, like in the uh, you know AA meeting, I watched uh-huh. me fuck my wife. And that it, it, like, it is a good point. Like who couldn't, you can't know like how traumatizing that would be, right? Slash how sexy that would be to watch you fuck your wife. Um, that's where I knew it was going to go. Mostly traumatizing. But here's my problem: Iris calls. Gotta work out more. Iris calls Mir Iris Mir Iris, and there's just no fucking way that would happen. You would find some other term like that bitch or that cunt, but you wouldn't be <laughs> right. like. I remember when I was watching mirror iris do all of that that there's no fucking way that you would just give her that name that we have all given her she would she would at least say mirror me <laughs> mirror yeah. me yes exactly <laughs> at the very least um the other big thing that or happened i was- wish oh, sorry the uh we do get i'm sorry i'm blanking on her name but like uh frost girl caitlin caitlin killer frost i'm like i'm gonna let you go off put on some this. respect on her name <laughs> I love, when, I love when I love when Cassie forgets talk. the name Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so seems hard. wrong, right? <laughs> it's so hard. To so remember. yeah, uh, in in world, uh, Killer Frost left to go deal with her. Like uh, Caitlin Snow let Killer Frost take over for a long time because they realized they were two separate entities sharing a body, and she felt terrible that this girl didn't get to live. So she's like, "You get to live now." And they're like, let's go figure out our shit. And then she comes back and she's having these headaches. And they can talk to each other now, which is new. Uh, and then they split into two Danielle Panabakers. God damn, aren't we in heaven? <laughs> was it enough heaven that you will watch The Flash, though? Like, Or was it just... I might watch next week's. Ooh, Shut up. That's insane to hear. That is absolutely wild. It's not a good show, but I'm... I Look, I've been in love with Danielle Panabakers since I was like 14. Shut up. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Um, you guys, that's all the time we have to talk about uh, the Flash. But I, I have a couple more things. Let can I get like run through real quick? Oh, you sure can. Use the speed force. My Only friend. if you do it fast. Uh, okay. So first of all, uh, the literal uh, Argus agent. Oh, was, the robot man. Was that a character? Was that a robot? Oh, like, what are we yeah. doing there? Was that a it joke? Has to be, was that supposed to be it, funny? It has to be an evil robot. I, it had to be a robot. I felt like it was somebody like talking to his like robot, like giving it orders. It was baffling. Yeah. Are we going to go back to that or no? I hope so. I don't care. I'm not actually going to watch it anymore. But. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, Iris has a website, which I think is, is similar to the way that Creed had a website that Ryan <laughs> set up for him. Like I don't know if she actually does, but she is at her AA meeting, and then she walks off. She 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 gives a speech at the AA meeting. And walks off to, uh, you gotta be bad, you gotta be full, yes, yes. you gotta be wise. <laughs> I haven't heard that song in so long. And I expected it to do a full uh, Charlie Kaufman directed by Robert Zemeckis after she walked <laughs> off. Like, that was insanely <laughs> terrible. And then she says, no, uh, more people have to hear about what I have to say. Does that mean that she's going to write a book instead of her website? Or does that mean she's going to run for president instead of run her website? 
It means it, she's going to write her website better. Because Allegra in the beginning of the episode told her how shitty her article was. <laughs> All right. Uh, point number three. The Flash said, I have let the city down. Should he have said, I failed this city, just like Ollie told me I would. Why and then did winked that- at the camera. <laughs> and then point number four. Anytime I walk away from anything, will you guys play? You got to be bad. You got to be bold. Will you do that for me? <laughs> yes, of course we will. Okay. 100%. All right, Cassie, I'm done. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because it was such a big part of this and I can't believe I was going to let it slip by. Like that was that was the best moment of this. And it actually like it inspired me to make my own website. Um I'm just I want to make a website where you can put that song to every single clip. Like all favorite clips, like uh Frodo going to the Shire or whatever the fuck. I want that song. I want it all. And I'm going to make a website for that. And um, I'm just worried that I don't have, like, the necessary means to, like, make this as good as to be as good as it should be. Oh, God. You got to be fro. You got to be doe. You got to be wiser. <laughs> they, this is you got to be good, taller. This is such a good idea for a website. Yeah, I think this is out of all the stupid, I mean, stupid terrible. website ideas Mike, you let's bring be us. honest. Terrible, week right? Week in, week out. Okay. Just all like. Right. I'm hearing your notes and, like, look. I, and this one, you can't bat 100 all the time. No, but you did hear, I think, Thank if you. I know what that sports term means. Yeah. Uh, and you got to do this one right. Here's Desiree's hit. You got is it called You Gotta Be? Is that the name of the be, song? Yeah. It feels like it's Desiree's be. hit, You Gotta Be. And then just every clip, every 15-second clip from everything ever. Mm-hmm. Right? That's on the left side, I assume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's how also, it. You're right there with me. This website is so great that anytime I click on a link... Like, I'm not sure if I want to click on a link of Cassie's website, but then I do. And then it says, you got to be bad. You got to. Yeah, I did just click on that link, motherfucker. You're so, you, yeah, you, we got to take this out of your hands. And you can be the face of it, but you, you can't have the technical on your shoulders. You need a partner, Cassie. You need somebody who's going to, like, bring in. If you demand to do it yourself, you need easy to edit fields, mm-hmm. right? Because you're dumb. I'm so dumb. You, you want custom templates because you don't want it to look like anything else on the internet you want drag and drop you don't want to learn to code well uh, everything on cassie's website the drag and drop like when you click the drag and drop it just says you or gotta or be like which is pretty funny that's not good mike but you don't want the back end looking like that because then you don't know what you're doing so you just let somebody else let a you what you need is a partner for the digital world cassie and that's cybersprout.net they're gonna do all the things we said they're gonna handle security updates other things Ryan's (laughs) Ryan's <laughs> so many things that I will need and uh thank you because this one this one is too big for me to take on so I'll be reaching out cybersprout.net of course um well I gotta go work on that but before we do that <laughs> uh I gotta well, I gotta here. go I gotta go but I'm also contractually obligated to talk about our pool list so let's go do that right now <laughs> We are back for the poll list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is Resident Alien. On this week's Resident Alien, Harry's human-destroying device is broken, but he will be able to fix it by taking a tracking implant from a person who has been abducted, which takes him to an alien convention and asks to join him to supervise. While at this convention, Harry attacks a stranger during a photo op, talks to the alien meme dude, and gets targeted by the alien tracker. Meanwhile, the sheriff is proposing to rehire to the deputy during karaoke, and Darcy is freaking out because Ast and Harry are avoiding her, which escalates to her breaking into Harry's basement and finding a hidden body. 
Also, because that wasn't enough, the government agents are getting close t- uh, to the mayor and his wife in an attempt to get close to Max, and it is as creepy as it sounds. Taste buds, I ask you, was the moment when we saw that Harry was going to going to be going to an alien convention the most amount of joy you experienced this week? It was close, but it I think it paled in comparison to um, Asta. Like Harry being upset, like everyone is dressing like me as a costume and making fun of my <laughs> race, and Asta was like, "Welcome to my world." Like that was that was the best moment. Yeah, that was a good one. There's two that well, we've talked a lot about how Resident Alien rules, and one it's it's the most uh, Native Americans I've seen on a TV show like at once without being like, "See what we're doing?" It's just there. They're part of the communities. Uh, towards the end of the episode. Uh, at the alien convention, uh, another native tells Asta because she re- Asta ends up going up in the share how you met an alien story, and she says like they're good. And the the another Native American person says, uh, "Watch out, your alien might be a Christopher Columbus of the skies." Uh, just yeah. a great Native moment, yeah. guys. <laughs> For reals. Because I mean, so that's good. mostly what aliens do. We, like we think about aliens as like the uh, oh, they're probably here to attack us. Like he did. To us, to mm-hmm. yeah, good moment. Yes, the, good moment. <laughs> um, for like this whole episode, did it seems like Harry's like really doubling down on his whole like aliens don't have feelings and like not caring about the pain he's causing to these people and like not caring that he's like he's still like I'm very much gonna kill these people. And do you think it's just like a defense mechanism because he's doubled down hella hard in these last couple episodes? I think this is the ultimate question of this episode. You know, a lot went on. You know, like, there's a lot of crazy shit uh, as far as, like, twists and turns. But I think the real question is, do you guys buy it? What Harry do you guys buy? Do you guys buy the, uh, you know, like, Asta goes goes up on stage and gives this whole speech about how she thinks, you know what? I actually met an alien, and it's different than what you guys met. Like, I actually think he's a good guy, and he's not here to kill us. And there's this, like, perfect pause where Harry thinks in his head, nope. Uh, he's definitely going <laughs> to kill everyone. But all of his other thoughts are about, like, not. so Right. I I think it's without the mission to murder the world, Harry doesn't know who he is or what he's supposed to do. Mm. So when he's not in his head, this is a good lesson for a few of us. Maybe listen to the show. Maybe on the show. When he's not on his head, he is a good person, and he's just doing fine in the world. It's when he gets in his head, he falls back on his like unhealthier habits of gets in his head the world. or online on the goddamn social media. On the goddamn social media. I feel like that Harry is a lot like when Wolverine went into the Arctic's, and like he was like, you know what? I am a, a weapon of danger, but uh, I'm at peace right now. You know, I feel like that. Let's go in that parachute thing. Let's go in. Yeah, let's get launched up in the air on that big ass blanket because I'm a fucking Eskimo. Shit, did we decide if that is that a okay word? I don't know. I think you're only allowed to talk about kisses in that way. Okay. <laughs> That's Look, what we're going to decide right now. That's the pop filter ki- one. I kiss a lot of Eskimos, okay? <laughs> Fair enough. The, um,. <laughs> I want to talk about Darcy, though, because, like, I was feeling so bad for her, like, as of last episode, and then this mm-hmm. episode, I just wanted to hug her the whole time, because, like, the friend she cared about the most would not talk to her. It was so, it was made me so sad. And, uh, outside, like, a uh, thing that TV doesn't do, which is all TV characters lie to each other all the time, but now we have Darcy, who asked that totally is, and she's like, you're straight up lying. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to announce it. I can tell when you're lying, and you are. 
So it's not like, oh, I'll just believe your lie, and that's how storylines will work. She's saying, mm. no, you're fucking lying. No. She, it's so clear, like, uh, why I think this show is smart is the character of Darcy, the town treats her like she's the drunk who wants to fuck all the time and she's a goofball clown. But they know but then easily forget that she. this is all because her life got ruined at, at the Olympics. And so she's doing all this to pump herself up and be like, I don't care about, like, it's joyful nihilism is the act. But she's very smart. She's very resilient. And now people are treating her like that. And she's like, I'm getting sick of how you guys are treating me. And I'm going to have to remind you that I'm actually very smart and very intuitive. Uh, and then somebody calls her a hero and she gets like upset. She's like, I'm not. The two people who should treat me a little like I am are ghosting me and I'm getting pissed right now. Yeah. Cassie, can you believe how well Mike tried to talk about Resident Alien but was just describing me that entire time? Did you hear all of that? That was insane. It was so wild. Uh, speaking of, you know, just like Ryan's life, um, you know, he's got two kids always there trying to get up in his business. But I do want to talk about like another sweet moment was when Max went to like check on Harry because he mm-hmm. was just like, I heard you like got stuck up on the glacier. And then doubling down, I love that uh, Sahar like made sure that she wasn't cut out of this sweet alien deal. Well, yeah, because she's a strong woman, Cassie, and you're gonna have to get to, you're gonna have to deal with that. But I do want to point out that this was a perfect example of a scene where the actor who plays Max is a terrible actor, and the per, the the actress who plays the girl is good at her job. Like this yes. was, oh my goodness, she can act circles around him. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. For but sure. yeah, it, so many people mad about who else knows. Max now is mad that Asta knows because it was his and Harry's thing. But Harry is mad that Max told Sahar and Sahar told Allah. <laughs> Even told Allah, Mike. <laughs> and Allah knows now. And I want to apologize to listeners. A lot of us talking about Resident Alien is just uh, laughing at jokes that that show told. Like mm-hmm. It's because there's so many. There's so many good jokes. There's so many. For, for every 18 jokes we mention and laugh at, there's a thousand we're not talking about. Yeah. The um, t- uh, I want to give you guys a second to scream here. Like, do you guys just want to yell about the power of karaoke for a hot second? Oh shit! Yes, I <laughs> thought. Ryan, take it away. What was the? Oh shit! What was the show that? Uh, remember when Cassie first came on and she was like, "Okay, I I got this Vagrant show." Queen. Vagrant Queen. Vagrant <laughs> Queen had an episode that was combat karaoke where. Oh, but they were dying. They, if they were yeah, bad. like I mean, <laughs> ultimate combat That's, karaoke. We wish we designed that game. <laughs> The stakes aren't in this episode as high as that one, but close. Where uh, the deputy, the, the the deputy sheriff uh, decides to, like she's already quit her job and she's going to sing a song, and then the sheriff, who then realized all of the deputy sheriff's work and how great it was, and then made an arrest of the big mystery for the entire season, then went to the karaoke and knew when she was singing. And knew that it was a song that is not a duet, but it is sort of like easy to duet, you know? Like you can break mm-hmm. up the lines pretty easily. That's a good karaoke move. Mm-hmm. And she was a pretty good singer, but then he came on and in order to apologize, belted the fuck out of the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> yeah, and, and really drilled his eyes into her eyes when he belted, did you ever know that you are my hero? And she felt it and the whole bar cried. My one bone to pick is that the guy says, we're going to change things up. It's time for karaoke. And then, look, that moment is great for these characters. 
But the fucking worst karaoke night kickoff song is The Wind Beneath My Wings. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Be a good karaoke host and do something. Hey, now you're an all-star to get the pump, the bar pumped up. Uh, okay. It must no. have been cold there in my shadow, Mike. <laughs> to never, to, to never then, have sunlight in your face. The sheriff, the sheriff did need to grow as a character. Uh, gets down on a knee. And you can tell half the bar is applauding because they think they're getting married now. <laughs> no, it, it does cut to like the characters that we know saying, like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> yeah, and that's why the show's like, what the fuck? Just... And the whole time they were singing at each other, I was like, is it a respect thing or are they going to go down to Bone Town now? <laughs> but no, it yeah, is he's... because he's such a masculine, manly man that like for him to do that is like mm-hmm. it's worth a thousand words, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's insane, but we are almost out of time to talk about this. Um, there was also the government agents are getting close to they went to dinner at uh, the mayor's wife. And uh, oh, yeah. it, it's it's wild. She took like the space rock from the kid. That's all happening. But we do got to go to moments of the week. I know you, we started what? this off with one. Do you want to talk about that scene real quick? It's, it's just I want to talk about why this show is so smart, not just rattling off jokes. They tell is like uh darcy what ryan mentioned before like darcy's saying you're lying to me right now and most tv shows wouldn't do that is the the shittier agent who's good at her job the one who just wants to kill everybody Mm -hmm. when she's up in the kid's room uh mayor's wife finds her and she's like oh i just wanted to look around and she's like you could have asked for a tour again not like in in a normal tv show they'd be like oh and just like these little moments of people reacting for a minute like a real person yeah Mm mm-hmm but then the, the the secret agent is like, I'm just so sad I can't have kids. And it's hard to throw any angry words at somebody who says that to you. Oh, yeah. It's the right? ultimate move. So, like, even if you have kids, just say that to people and they'll forgive you. Just be like, oh, I can't have kids. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, then it's fine that you stole my car or whatever. <laughs> it freaks them out so much. You can't you can't come back to that person. Um, but, yeah, we do. It's insane. We do got to go to moments of the week. Uh, Ryan, do you have another one besides that moment of asked in the beginning? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a plus and a minus. Uh, my plus is um, the kids teaching Harry, like we talked about, uh, Max and what's his name? What's her name, Cassie? Sahar. Sahar are uh, they're confronting uh, Harry, and they, they keep lifting up his handkerchief, like he thinks that he is really like uh, <laughs> sealed into secrecy all of his stuff by putting a handkerchief over it, and they keep lifting it up. And uh, then Harry curses. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) just to repeat some jokes from the show, uh, they're like, we're going to wash your mouth out with soap. And he's like, well, I love soap. Shit. Fuck. Piss. Cunt. Dink. The last one he says is dink. (laughs) (laughs) Go and get me my soap. Where's the soap? I am so hungry. (laughs) Alan Tudyk is not going to even be nominated for an Emmy for Best Actor, and that's ridiculous. But I have a reverse moment of the week. This fucking mayor, I'm done with. Yeah. Unless we get some time about how he has a mental disorder, his, (laughs) his reaction to the fact that his wife is not making tacos is fucking insane. It's he. Do you know what this that that this plotline felt like? Is somebody watched the dinner party episode of The Office and went, "We can make the mayor both Jan and Michael Scott at once because he makes candles and he's the fucking doofus, dude." The mayor is officially that like your best friend who married the worst guy you have ever met in your entire life. The mayor is that worst guy. Who, yeah. who, like, he's told that night, like, it's Taco Tuesday, and he's told that he's not having tacos. 
And then instead of like, he doesn't even have like a tantrum. He prolongs a seven-hour tantrum. I can't In the fucking middle take of the this dinner. Thing. He's just like, oh, this many people die from eating Branzino bones every year. <laughs> we all fucking love tacos, bro. Just take one night off of being then, the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. When she's like, oh, I can make tacos tomorrow night. He's like, but that's Spaghetti Wednesday. He is. He is. We he's now know why sick. Max is oh, the yeah. way he is. That it's just a spectrum laden family. Honestly, yeah. this watching this episode made me a better husband. Like, I'm so scared of being like. Oh yeah, this. you got some mayor moments in your friend. <laughs> I said, yeah, if you, Mike, do not teach my wife the term mayor moment because that's gonna <laughs> bring me to a knee. She just has to go mayor moment. He'll <laughs> crumble. Fuck that guy. Anyway, that's my plus and minus of the week. Yeah, it was a minus. I felt like they tried to make it better. I feel like they know he's the weakest character, so they tried to show like the weight that's on him, but it did not improve his character at all. No. Uh, Mike, what's your moment of the week? So we've already talked about shit ass piss dink, and <laughs> Allah knows how many people have you told. So uh, Allah knows. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, the 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 agents. I'm enjoying them more that, that they're together and them at the dinner trying to be cool. But talking about kids and the the man agent saying, I love kids, we want them. But the doctor said Sarah's probably too old. <laughs> like, just as a fuck you. And she just <laughs> stares at him for like 35 <laughs> seconds. Just stares at him. And then her response later is just like, no, his sperm is weak. <laughs> just Also, did we ever figure out if man agent Ashley is into candles or is that just part of the job? Because there's, I, I think I that he actually know. is sort of into candles. He's a little into it. it yeah, seems. it looked and like then, he was down. Uh, another great Harry line is uh, at the Alien Con. They're talking about Mayan calendars, and he says, "Mayans, everybody talks about their calendars. They never get credit for their great day planners." And that's it's so it was so fucking funny. <laughs> Just moved on. The show did not sit on. Oh it. yeah, we had no time to talk about the fact that John Locke from Lost is in this show yeah. and this Alien track and got cut. <laughs> He got a thing cut out of his neck. We'll talk about that oh, next week, yeah. maybe. That's part of that one. Oh, he's getting so mean. But yeah, that was my moment <laughs> of the week, too, because it was like, it's a line that I should hate that he brought up the mind calendar and day planner. Like, it's a Ryan line, but it just works so well. I laughed so See, that's hard. why I loved it, I think. It reminded me of my best and closest friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, that's all the time. So Resident Alien is on Wednesdays on Sci-Fi. Our next show is Pennyworth. On this week's episode of Pennyworth, Alfred Pennyworth prepares to leave England, which I feel like I have said for the last 14 Every weeks. Week. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bet and Peggy Sykes set out to rescue their old friend. Taste Buds, I ask you this. What's the one thing you'll miss the most about England when we're finally able to leave here, England, where we live? Tea? Yeah, tea. throwing a tea in the oh, river. We're going to miss the tea. Also, oh, the marmalade. But oh, of the course. Marmalade. All the good things that they have over there, Paddington. We could list them all. We we don't have the time. Every we house has like- a Paddington. Also, Cassie, don't forget the steering wheels are over there. Whoa. The other Holy. side of the car. That's so the right. passenger has to just lean over. <laughs> Covered in tea. <laughs> it's a lawless place. Uh, Pennyworth is on Sundays on Epics. Our next show is Winona Earp. <laughs> On this week's episode of Winona Earp, it's trivia night. The only thing that makes Ryan and Mike more hard and raring to go than karaoke. (laughs) Waverly, Jeremy, and Doc are in a heated competition, which leaves Winona plenty of time to hunt down an abuser who is actually in charge of a genie. And then Winona has to shoot that genie because maybe the genie is the bad guy. 
Taste Buds, I ask you this. With only three episodes left, how do we think Winona can reverse the curse and actually redeem herself as a character? I think they're going bold. They're not giving us the like epic season-long thing we want, and they're not going to redeem Winona. Because in this, explicitly, right before she kills Ginny the Genie, she says, we are the same, you're right. The difference is, you have a way out. And I think, wouldn't it be bold for them to be like, nope, Winona kind of sucks, and just end the show? Or, well, that would be bold, but I think that what you're actually saying is that she has to die. She's going to die. Right. I think that the point of the show is, you know, when you look at Waverly and you look at Doc and you look at Nicole, it's future and hope and promise. And Mm -hmm. Winona never got on board. And it's always chasing the past. But even Doc, the hundreds of year old now vampire. The the guy who can, the the cowboy, like the famous cowboy from the OK Corral can like look forward and move forward. And Winona can't. She's always in the shadow of her family. And she's always shooting people from the past. I think that it's, the whole theme of the show is if you chase the past, if you can't get over the past, then you're dead. And I think I after this episode, I am now betting that Winona has to get got. I would take that bet. I think a huge sign was uh, before they know it's a brain eater who's friends with a genie, they think it's a vampire. And Winona is delighted because that means Doc is also awful. Yeah. And her first instinct is... Let's fuck again. Yes. You're you're also a piece of shit, so now we can be back together. Hey, She's Doc, not, like, bummed. Doc, kiss me right now uh, as a prelude to sex because you're now in the gutter like I am. Yeah, I think she's – th- you've called it. I think she's going to die. I would, like a, I would like a pause on the podcast. Just hearing me say that sentence would make me uh, ask for a pause right now so I can go into – I have to go to the bathroom just by hearing me say that sentence. But – uh, yeah, I think that's the only way. I have to say, Mike, as far as uh, one and done case of the week goes, I, I was, uh, I was like the the Doug was fine, but I love this genie. Mm-hmm. I oh. thought that I thought the genie could borderline fill a spinoff show. Yes, Jenny the genie. I want to be on the team. I was so sad she also died. Her fashion sense, how many patterns are clashing, how bored she is with everything, how little but not she cared. Really yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she was great, and Doug slash Kuru, because Doug wants to be smart, but he's actually a fucking moron, so he learned the word Kuru, which is the, if you eat human brains, it's the name of the syndrome that drives you insane. Uh, he's a character actor who's just shown up in a bunch of stuff. Yes. He is I, the, uh, the abracadabra of our generation. Yes. Uh, he, he, I think he did, the Ginny the Genie just sold it. I think Doug Kuru did everything he needed to do, but she's definitely the runaway character. But Ginny the Genie... Has, is so laid back that usually those characters are forgotten. And I thought that she right. was, she shined. Her yeah. her ability to do so little and like fade into the background was a, such a fucking bonus to the show. Do you know what she felt like? If uh, somebody from like David and Alexis sh- uh, Rose's past should sh- show up in Shit's Creek and ruin their week. That's the vibe she gave off. Oh, David and Alexis, if they watched this episode, they would just be like her her oh my god her (laughs) everything about her just like her ability to clearly be playing candy crush on her phone the entire time despite Uh the fact that like demons are punching angels in the face god (laughs) damn it just can you give me my phone (laughs) (laughs) all right mike let's get to the big moment though at some point nicole hot lost her job Uh uh-huh the chicken kicker and uh there's footage of it and everybody around town keeps talking about a chicken kicker and i'm like i don't know what that means i think that's like a small town 
name for something. I don't know. Like maybe a sodomizer. <laughs> uh, but nope. we, <laughs> we have actual footage of her getting pissed off that she was not elected sheriff. And she comes in drunk as fuck. And uh, she fucking kicks a chicken. She kicks a fried chicken, like a whole roasted chicken. <laughs> just she like football and, punts it across the room. It's not like how I kick a thing where I like I drop it in front of my foot and then it slides two feet away from my foot. She punts that motherfucker. It's it's funny because she's like the whole town hates me. This whole season, I thought she did something despicable, like she betrayed people. <laughs> but no, she just got drunk and made a fool of herself. Oh, and she but is because it's the hot. Kicker. It's hot, and oh, none it was of the other characters. <laughs> uh, all the other characters, from like Nedley to Waverly to obviously Wynonna and Doc, have done a version of this. But that's just who they are. Hot was a higher standard, so she feels so bad and can't walk into <laughs> a bar. <laughs> Wynonna has like uh, sliced open somebody's neck, and then sixty nine uh, an ogre, and. But hot is so perfect that just her kicking yes. a chicken as the chicken kicker. <laughs> Can is we it, talk about Cassie? Go. Oh, is there another thing you want to talk about? We're almost out no, of time, you, but if it's worth you go. it, if no, it's not right. worth it. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, it feels like oh, the chicken. Is if you're trying to wrap us up, it's worth it. Yes. <laughs> I thought you had a question about the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Two things. So yes, we love karaoke. But yes, we love trivia. Just like when beneath my wings is the worst song to kick off a karaoke night this is not how you play fucking bar trivia this is bullshit everybody has a taboo buzzer and just screams and is up to nedley to determine who said it the fastest everybody gets little pads of paper (sighs) and they fill out the answers and then there's rounds okay and that's that like honestly that's not how i prefer i would prefer if there was a way to do it closer to the show which is closer to like jeopardy or a game show but that's not the way it it can work that's not that's not the way that like we would never know who actually hit their buzzer first Nedley so, just knows. I want Nedley's Quizmaster shirt where the letters are like starting to fall off the shirt. But I do love that the only thing that could break the trivia thing, like because it was so close, everybody was so it was it was tightly contested, neck and neck and neck. Except for love, love was the thing that could break it open. That's the difference between us and them. It was awful seeing us on screen and how mean we are to each other during a trivia game. But uh, if one of our significant others was dying, we would just keep playing trivia. <laughs> so. Basically, Cassie, if I could uh, explain to you what Mike just said. Mike just said, uh, I want Ryan on my team, and I want to play against Ryan, and his partner is Mike. But if Ryan and Mike walk into the room, I'll drop the trivia game to fall in love with them. That's what Mike just said. I don't think I said any of that. <laughs> play back the tape. That's exactly what it said. Um, if I can, Mike, is it? are you good with Moment of the Week now? or is there I'm, more? I'll allow it. I'll All allow right. you to host the show again. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I'll start with you, though. Do you have a moment of the week? Yeah, when we're starting to put together that there's uh, Doug Kuru has wish power, there's a random guy in like a hockey jersey at the sheriff's office who's like, I eat shit, and I don't even like shit. <laughs> like just his delivery. And then the callback later is he came in to say something to the trivia table, and Jeremy's just like, yeah, you need gum still. Like, And I had forgotten that that was the shit-eating guy. It was awesome. <laughs> Well, what a delight. Ryan, what about you? Moment of the week? It's the chicken kick. It has to be the chicken kick. <laughs> Fucking hot kicks a chicken across the room. Oh, man. it's It sounds delightful. I want to find just that clip because, I God, the fact that that's on a TV show is so great. Um, If you want to watch it, it is on Fridays on Sci-Fi. Our next show is Batwoman. 
this week on Batwoman. Batwoman injects adrenaline to fight her kryptonite poisoning and heads to Coriana to get Kate in a desert rose, while Sophie and Jacob have been jumped and also taken to Coriana. Meanwhile, Alice is on Coriana, the secret <laughs> island. She and Ryan end up in island jail together before both making deals to get out. Taste Buds, I ask you this. What's the most surprising thing Sophia could have revealed to Alice? That the Desert Rose was Axel Rose the whole time. <laughs> that would be pretty surprising. I was going to say that Sophia's name is pronounced Sophia. Is that, <laughs> is that really how she says it? <laughs> Sophia and Sophie are two different characters. Wow. Good show. Good writing. Uh, it's, it's that uh, everybody is on the island because they think Kate's there. Sophia never had Kate, but she did have a room with a bunch of Kate's necklaces dangling from the rafters to make Alice go fucking batshit nuts. <laughs> How did she get the necklaces, first of all? I do, it was not described. That part she was did. breezed right the fuck over. There's so many people lying and, and, and revealing things and false alliances, but the crows are the worst because the head of them... And the lieutenant head, Sophie and Jacob, are just walking to their car, and then the assassins just grab them and take them to this secret island that apparently is an hour east of Manhattan. <laughs> just very reachable. Because they're, they're all there. They're all there on this secret island so quickly. That's why she can't have people finding this desert rose, because it's just yeah. it's like going to Long Island. It's right across the street. You might as well have a bridge. But once, once Alice finds out uh, that she, Kate was never there, Does she escape and light all of the desert roses on fire? Yes. Yes, taste buds. Yes, she does. It's fucking awesome. That's my girl. Does she lick a bell pepper right before or a desert rose? Yeah. She she licks all the desert roses one by one in (laughs) slow-mo and then sets them on fire. So does that leave all of like Coriana on fire or is it just like, is it a little garden? It's, it's, it's a... You know, like marijuana fields, yes. at least in movies, it, that's what it looks like, but for desert roses. So just the field is on fire. Perfect. And nobody knows what the fuck to do. It freezes everybody, specifically Ryan Wilder, who's like, that's the thing that could have saved me. Oh, no, before she could get that. Oh, no. But the end of the show, I thought it was showing Kate's dead body in a sewer because it was a corpse looking thing with a. But no, she's been recast. Apparently, people watched less dark versions. Maybe my TV was set on too dark. I didn't see the person move. I thought it was a corpse. But uh, Kate Kane has been recast and will be dealing. So now we'll have two bat women. Okay, and we what? We talked about this last week. Are they going to do the whole? Oh, I clawed my face off and have a new face. I don't know she why didn't. I went Irish. Oh, I clawed my oh face my off because those. Are, you know what? The classic. I know it's not a stereotype we like to talk about, but the Irish constantly call their face off. Why are the Irish always calling their face off? Or are they just going to be like James Bond? Oh, this is Kate. We're fine. Uh, well, she burned up in a plane crash, so I think they're just going to explain it that oh, way. Oh, like the Irish do. Oh, like the Irish trying to get their potatoes. Uh, let's make a pact right now. Uh, going back to that other name that Mike said. Anytime anybody says our names, we have to correct them. Okay? So, Cassie, you're no longer Cassie. If somebody okay. says Cassie, you're Kasisai. Okay. <laughs> Easy and to say. Uh-huh. Mike, what do you think? Mike Iaia? Mike Iaia. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that because what were the odds? And if they said, okay, I'm looking through the roll here, and I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce this. Is this Mike Iaia? You have to be like, mm, uh, no, it's actually Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and you're Ryan and I? Ryan and I? Yeah, I guess that's the best one. 
It's sorry, bud. You were really <laughs> let down by that. I'm so sorry. But Mike, I, um, do you have a moment of the week? I Mike, do. I, 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 I. Tatiana, who is Sophia's like number two, who finds out she's the one who set all this up uh, for reasons doesn't matter uh, for betrayal and love. Uh, she's reasons. talking to Sophie. She's trying to Sophie, hire Sophie to be on Coriana's side, and Sophie says. Why would I join a group of ruthless killers? And Tatiana says, because you're already part of one, meaning the cops. Ooh. And then she says, but we protect our people and you oppress yours. And I'm just like, a cap, a cap, a cap. <laughs> oh, it was fucking cold and awesome. You know, Batwoman hits that hard and I respect it so much. It's uh, fantastic for that reason. You uh, should be watching it Sundays on CW. Our next show is Superman and Lois. This week on Superman and Lois, it's Harvest Fest in Smallville, and Dorky Clark loves it all, but especially chocolate-covered bacon. Jonathan starts drinking after getting dumped, Jordan has a crappy date, and Luther finds Lois by pretending to be a reporter. Castastic, I ask you this. Five episodes in, how is Superman and Lois doing balancing family drama and superheroics? I think they're they're getting close to it. I feel like this was the episode where I felt like Clark was actually a good dad. Which the reason for is weird at the end. Like, I guess we could just go ahead and jump to it, but because you mentioned jump when, to it, jump to it when um Jonathan was like Jonathan Jonathan got drunk at the Harvest Festival, and instead of like going insane like punish mode, you know, because the kid's going through mm. a lot right now, Clark was just like, "You get a one time pass," which sounds wild, but probably is the better move. It is a good dad move. Is like he got dumped by phone the day his girlfriend was supposed to come from metropolis to smallville she instead calls him and breaks up with him which means she knew at least a week and a half before that she was going to break up with him she could have broken up with him before that and jonathan didn't get into trouble all he said was a mean thing to a girl he did not know has an alcoholic father Mm -hmm. and she got mad at him so clark's free pass makes a lot of sense yeah, it was, it could have gone bad. Like, he immediately, like, even in his drunk state, like, backed down. Like, once he saw that, like, he, yeah, she was he reacting, apologized. he was like, oh, no, oh, no. He like, knows he hurt her somehow, and then he turns to Jordan, so, uh, a brother he has a definite love-hate relationship, but he goes, oh, I'm sorry I ruined your date. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting surprised, like, how unshitty this brother is. Like, he'll have his moments where they're like, look at the jock shitty brother, and then mm-hmm. he's actually really sweet, and it keeps surprising me. Even in the same episode, he yells, this town is my kryptonite, and I hate it. We end up on his side. <laughs> but that's because we both love punk music. Like, how could we not? That's, that's their version of, I hate this town, I gotta leave. I and can't wait for the episode where he tries to season his meat, and there's a little bit too much pepper that comes out of the pepper shaker, and he's like, this pepper shaker is my kryptonite! <laughs> if, if, if Superman was your dad, wouldn't you call anything sort of bothering you that day your kryptonite? <laughs> It's also very powerful to know his one weakness and that you could, like, if you wanted to get away with anything, just throw some kryptonite right there. It's too po- too much power for some teenagers. <laughs> That's your keep out of your room is you just yeah, hang just... <laughs> some kryptonite on the doorknob. Now dad can't walk in me and jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody clean my room? Fuck him. It's going to stay dirty. What are you going to do about it? Um, we do have this uh, episode confirmed that we have, like, a lot of supers because the lost... Uh, I just referred to him as the Lost Boy, but the one guy... The Lost Boy from last episode, yeah. Yeah, so it turns out he they he has like all of Clark's powers as well. So we are getting a lot of super-powered people with mm-hmm. Superman's powers. 
It's it's yeah, he's he goes in some weird magical MRI that Morgan Edge and Morgan Edge is number two, who told Lo- uh, Lois that she will be crushed, who apparently also has powers and is making out with this guy. Uh it's very confusing. I don't know if he was resurrected or if he's a clone or if he's somebody's with the dead kid's face. It's a lot of it's it's a lot of bananas bullshit comics are weird. <laughs> but just like jump on board, Morgan Edge is evil and is giving people powers, let's go. I would love on the front of a ton of like graphic novels, just like this overused thing of uh, comics are bullshit, or comics are bananas. Bullshit is weird. Microvania, the superhero <laughs> show show, and just put that on the cover of every graphic novel. But then dot dot dot, just hop on board. <laughs> just, <laughs> just go for it. It's it not a mark against it. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> But it really didn't make sense because, like, he could decide to kill himself whenever he wanted, and he did at the end. So, like, he's going through all yeah. this work to, like, you know, get his powers under control with this machine or whatever. And then just is like, mm, fuck it. Yeah. If he holds his breath, he, like, turns red like a tea kettle and blows up. Just blows up. <laughs> Again, just and get on this board. Is, this is not Superman Lois's fault. This is everything we've ever done's fault. That this dude has had his powers for two days and is out fighting Superman. That shit drives me fucking nuts. Yeah. Really? You're going to go toe-to-toe with a dude who's been doing this for 15 years? And we might get to that in, like, a little bit. Oh, I'm excited. Something very similar to that. But this one, it was, um... I feel like it was a pretty good ep. I feel like it was a good one for the balance. They're really getting that down. They're getting it down. Oh, we found out Captain Luther, who his spaceship can hide as an RV sometimes. Uh... (laughs) He was married to his Lois Lane. And so, wrinkles. Uh, yeah. Hello. He, he doesn't know that uh, Clark is Superman, right? Like, it's just now no. this is the boyfriend, and, like, he also hates this dude as well. Yeah. Hell yeah. Loving that aspect. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Mike, do you have a moment of the week? Yeah, this is on the dumber side. It, it's not, like, a mark against the show. It was just a stupid moment. Is By the end... The end of Harvest Festival is Lana, yeah, Lana dedicating a bench to Martha. There was this bench Martha always sat at in the middle of the square. And while she's doing it, there's a quick moment of she's just gushing and saying all these very sweet things about Martha Kent. And and Clark is choking up. And Jonathan is just on his phone recording it. (laughs) <laughs> like the minute grandma starts getting talked about, he whips out his phone to record it. So you, uh, he's fucking Gen like, Z, all the good angles too. Like you know, he zoomed in at one point. Like he is in it on that record, one hundred percent. On a video nobody will ever watch again. <laughs> Not even Clark. He doesn't even care. I have uh, to ask real quick. Uh, at the festival, is Lana's husband doing some sort of barbecue thing? And while he's barbecuing, is he playing electric guitar? I wish he let everybody down. He is too drunk at home to show up. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Just Good air guitaring, girl. passed out on the couch. Yeah, dude. In an episode where he ran back into a fire to save his friend, he's still a giant douchebag. Like, this dude <laughs> sucks. It's unreal. I still have the time to be a giant douchebag. <laughs> Uh, my moment of the week is when, uh, so they find, you know, that Jonathan is drunk at the Harvest Festival. Lois and Clark approach him, and Lois tells them to get a rideshare back home because they needed to be punished, but she still wanted to hang out at the Harvest yeah. Festival. Lois still wants a deep-fried Twinkie. I'm not fucking <laughs> driving your drunk ass back home. She still had things to do, and she's not going to have it. her night ruined. And that's I'm going to put a little ring on a bottle and get a goldfish in a bag, goddammit. How many... <laughs> At the Harvest Festival, how many songs did they dedicate to Little Sebastian? Fucking none, and it drove me none. crazy. Literally zero? 
Yeah, no. it's, I, I wanted at least to hear the, in the background somebody talk about numerous thousands of candles in the wind. But no, not a one. Not a single candle. It was bullshit. But it's still a great show. It's Tuesdays on the CW if you want to watch it. Our next show is The Walking Dead. On this week's episode of The Walking Dead, Eugene, Ezekiel, Yamiko, and Princess are captured and separated. Princess struggles with memories of her traumatic past and tries to escape one way or another with the help of Ezekiel. This episode was essentially a one-woman bottle episode starring Princess. Taste buds, I ask you this. Does that make you at all wish that you had watched it? Kind of. I remember we really liked her the one episode we watched her in, her introductory episode. And Mm -hmm. the best episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She was in that episode as well? She was like, what the fuck am I doing here? (laughs) I'm in a big furry pink coat and you guys are Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is crazy. No, I'm thinking about that time that... uh, Simmons was on the moon, and this is this is yes. when uh, shows sort of like can do their best work. Also, these are bonus episodes of Walking Dead that they weren't necessarily planning on, um, and so they're going to do weird things. And if The Walking right. Dead is going to do weird things, does that make you sort of wish that we had watched it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because we've talked about where they'll, they'll surprise us still, and it's normally... In the normal continuity of the show, they'll do a weird one-off. Like, they get a good director to come in or something. And we're like, oh, shit. If this was the show, we'd be on board. So maybe it'll be six episodes of that. Yeah. It is kind of like, I I'm, I want to go back and watch it, but then I'm also worried, like, if I won't love her as much as I did before. Like, she's the one saving grace that I had for this, and I don't know if it could be, like, if it would ruin it. Also, you, you'll want to go back and watch it, and then you'll pick up your remote control, and you'll be like, what was I going to do? I don't remember. <laughs> and then you'll just go do something else. Do anything yeah. else. Watch anything. Um, if you want to watch it, though, it's Sundays on AMC. Our next show is Riverdale. This week on Riverdale. Archie and Veronica try to save the Bulldogs. Jughead is worried a student's story is a sign of abuse. Kevin gets mad. Fangs is mad at him for calling off their life together. Cheryl, an adult, dances a high school football game, and Betty hides Polly's death from her mother. Tasty Ryan, I ask you this. Which one of these characters actually seems like they could be a good high school teacher? Oh, God damn it, Mike. Believe it or not, I think it's Archie, because he's so dumb, and he cares a lot. Ah, I think it's Jughead. Throughout this episode, wild, wild wait, every, everybody's wait, mad at Jughead say, throughout these. What? Do you want to say good teacher or realistic teacher? Because Jughead is definitely the most realistic high school teacher of somebody who is drunk all the time, has aspects or like uh, sights on other things, and doesn't really mm-hmm. care. But do you know what he does care? Everybody's mad at Jug throughout this episode because uh, he's asking if this kid had abused, and from the principal to the parents are like, how dare you? That's a good teacher move to be like, I'm worried about this child's health. But instead, everybody's like, you motherfucker. How dare you worry about this kid who yeah. obviously has issues? Yeah. And typically, yeah, it's, it's, uh, in the next show that we're going to talk about, uh, if you have the money of the government, that typically means that you're probably not right. If the school is like, how, like, how dare you ask that? Then you're probably in the right. Like, yeah. Be, be concerned. It's not Veronica because Veronica offers 10 grand to whatever footballer can score a touchdown first. Motherfucking Mother Mike, have you ever been in high school before? And I know it was a long time ago, but if you were on the football team, Veronica could have offered you $100 to score first, and you probably would have been motivated. She walks in and says 10 
$1,000 to the first bulldog who can score a touchdown. I'm surprised they didn't start breaking each other's knees right there. <laughs> I, I'm also worried because she was like, they just needed some incentive. And then she's like, I'll give the first bulldog. And I was like, oh, no, we're going yeah, back to no. Miss Grundy fucking Archie. <laughs> but no, I'm glad it I was guess- 10 grand and not... Her butt. Yeah, it's just cash, I guess. So much cash. A briefcase worth of cash. But, like, that's that's the issue with the show is that we're like, all right, we're going to roll in here and we're going to change Riverdale High. We're going to change the city by being smart. They're not. Like, they're just no. whatever is the easiest, cheapest, or most yes. expensive way to change anything is how we're going to do it. <laughs> the most expensive way. And what's – so Riverdale is at its best when it's batshit balls to the walls – and then it sprinkles in that it just focusing on the football line is so Derek, Archie's star footballer, gets recruited by Stonewall Prep because and his mom says to Archie, like, how dare you inspire him? Because he should be inspired by a different coach. Football football could be a ticket out of this town. And it's I, I'm sick of Riverdale because we know they can be insane. So when they obviously copy and paste from other scripts, it's a fucking insult. It is. You're right. You're right. And what is this being copied and pasted from? Every single goddamn worthless high school football thing ever. And I'm not I'm not blaming what's what's the kid's name again? Derek? Derek's mom. Like Derek's mom and Derek should be concerned about the future and not about sure. how like Riverdale High is going to proceed. But if I was Derek's mom, I would say that I'm going to move him to a different high school that has way less murders at a nonstop yeah. rate. And not Stonewall. Move Yeah, no, Stonewall also away. has a lot of murders. Move farther like, away. Go to a state that has a name, because we don't yeah. know where Riverdale is. <laughs> go anywhere else. And I do, Derek and Archie had a sweet moment after uh, the game. Uh, Derek and Archie talk, and Archie's like, yeah, man, you did so good. Just keep doing what I taught you. Like, that... That that that's where your Archie's actually a good teacher moment comes from. Is at the end, he was still like, "This is Coach Taylor, man, from Friday Night Lights, is still rooting for the kid who's no longer on his team." And I'm only talking about Archie from this episode because in previous episodes he has yeah. sent his entire his entire <laughs> into class a into a burning <laughs> building and said, "What are you guys doing? Are you guys lazy? Get in there." He's basically Mark Wahlberg as a real person. Get in there, guys. <laughs> Just take the plants. What are you doing? Uh, and, and Cheryl's not a good teacher because at the high school kickoff, she does a 15-minute sexy dance as a 25-year-old for all these children. Oh, Cheryl. That dance is so long. I was like, can we get to the game? <laughs> like, people are playing behind you. Uh, was there any more wildest, or should I go to moments of the week? I don't know, man. Like, are, there, we, there's- this, this show's going on a six-week break. Good. Are, are you Maybe gonna- to figure that shit out. <laughs> Let's figure our shit out. Be- so the, I do want to talk about it's not a moment but the, the Kevin so Kevin got a solo scene for once just him and his dad and he wasn't trolling he wasn't looking for a strange dick this is the first time I can remember a Kevin character scene not looking for strange dick in years that's all they've given him he had a really good moment with him and his dad and then he was really shitty to Fangs because Fangs is like mad at him that he blew up their five years together and so Kevin gets mad at Fangs and then he's like, well, mom called me fat, and that's why I look for strange dick. And that's why I am the way I am, and nobody should say word one to me. Uh, it was, it was, they, they're not doing right by Kevin, man. Poor Kevin. And they don't know how. And like, 
they want to be this like uh you know like queer plus show and they just don't know how to do it do you know how they do it how they treat fangs and tony they do it right if it's not one of their mainish characters also they watch my note herb that's how you do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> they gotta take this time figure their shit out but mike do you got a moment of the week uh yeah at, at the end uh the bulldogs score one touchdown and nobody knows except archie hiram and veronica that hiram and veronica did a bet that if the bulldogs can get one score they get to stay in the league and if they don't they're kicked out they, they, they get dissolved which but is not a real score, thing that could doesn't matter yeah you could matter. just get to say fuck you <laughs> i'm not applying to our bet uh but they, the Bulldogs score one touchdown and get demolished by the Stonewall Stallions. But both teams still act like they all knew about the bet. The Bulldogs freak out they scored one, and the Stallions are bummed that they lost 56-6 to six instead of 56-0. <laughs> to zero. The rich kids all look so bummed. This show's so dumb. It's <laughs> the epic highs and lows of high school football. Ryan, what's your moment of the week? Cassie, I actually have a reverse moment of the week. It is an awful moment, and it's Archie continuing to call Reggie Reg, even though they're arch enemies. That's not going to fucking happen. You don't continue with the, 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 the half-name nickname. I often, Cassie, when I'm talking to you, I usually cut your name off at the half. I call you Cass. If mm-hmm. you were to uh, come up to me and, let's say, like uh, murder my children. And light your house on fire. Light my house on fire. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not gonna be like, come on, Cass. That was a real that's a real <laughs> shitty thing you did. That that's, that's not up, Cass. that what the fuck, Cass? That uh, no. Come on, Archie, and, get your shit together. And, and that Reggie never says my arch enemy. <laughs> oh god damn it. <laughs> come on, it's right there, Reg. Come Mike. on. Take notes, Riverdale Riders. Uh, if you wanna watch it, it's Wednesdays on the CW. Our final show of the pool list is Falcon and Winter Soldier. On the second episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, Bucky forces himself into a mission with Sam during during which they constantly fight like a married couple and get their asses kicked by a super soldier army of the Flag Smashers. Cap flies in during this and also gets his ass kicked. So, in response, Cap proposes that they team up to take them down. They absolutely don't want to do this and tell him to shove it, so Cap eventually tells them also to shove it and stay out of his way. <laughs> in between this, Sam and Bucky go to marriage counseling with Bucky's therapist, Taste buds, I ask you, is there marriage the one you want to work out most out of anybody's failing marriage? <laughs> yes, even more than my own. <laughs> like, so, out, so out of uh, Bucky and Sam, Mike and his wife, me and my wife, is this the one that we're like most focused on? I think, this, I think yeah, I think yes. <laughs> these yes, kids can actually work. <laughs> it's What I like is, so they've, they said, Kevin Feige has said that this show is formed based on the scene of the two of them in the car watching cap and share and kiss and just there back and forth and he went this needs to be a show god damn it is that man a genius and it yeah. is the the two of them back and forth is the heart of the show i get that but like i also like i do have complaints about let's I, I think that the highlight scene in this episode is not the on top of the trucks the two trucks and there's like a 10 minute fight but instead no. i would say it's the therapy scene no and, shit yeah and all right, Mike. Keep going. <laughs> I'm, I'm hype manning you up. He <laughs> too was very insulted by that. <laughs> uh, and them trying to like scoot closer closer to each other, and I can feel them sort of outwardly, obviously trying to banter, like trying to improv, trying to like mm-hmm. be 
you know, like, oh, let's go off script a little bit. You know, I mm-hmm. do I do feel that and I don't love it. But what it feels like is that it feels like Sam and Bucky are doing it. I know you're saying that the mm-hmm. actors are doing it, but it feels like these two dudes can't just hug and say we both loved the same man, so we sort of love each other. So it feels like they're doing that to the therapist so that it all kind of works for me. Yeah, and they're like, I don't know, like I feel you that is true, but I don't know if I'm just like buying into it so much that it does feel like just true to their friendship. But even when they're just, you know, like when uh, Bucky like forces himself onto the mission and they're like on the plane and just staring each other down, like it just seems like in character for him, not in character, but it mm-hmm. seems like their dynamic makes sense. And it's it, it's it's hard for me too because like it's it's not I don't have one opinion about this relationship. It's for me it was almost like every other one like where there's there's one scene where you know Bucky says I'm sorry about Red Wing and Bucky or uh, Falcon sa- or Sam says No you're not you know and that mm-hmm. that felt forced. But then there was another scene where uh, Bucky's about to move in and then Sam just appears out of nowhere and like Oh no let's count the people. That all felt organic, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so when it is them just, like, fooling around, I guess, like, some of the time it's going to work for me and some of the time it's not. It, it's not batting a 1,000, but it's not right. batting – it's certainly not batting zero. It's oh. not grading. Right. Is there – how are you feeling about uh, the new cap? Because we got – we it started with the introduction to him. He's doing, like, a little press tour thing at his high school, as you do. And we see, like, just, like, you know, he straight up says that he earned it, earned this position at one point. And it's because he's, he's got mad military background. Look, Cassie, I was so mad where in your introductory paragraph you just called him Cap. Like, you were just like, and Cap, like, we're all just supposed to be fine. This is Cap now. What the fuck is your... Look, I love this actor. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I love Mike, Wyatt be- Russell. Mike, before you go on your tangent... I think it's up to me and you. And remember your tangent, please, that uh, we have to, and we did a little bit of this last week, we have to back Wyatt Russell as a, one of our greatest actors because I'm very nervous that the, the entire world is going to start to hate him, and he's actually awesome. He's we're just not right. we're not going to like this character. Uh, and that, that means he does. Walker. If you hate if you hate John Walker, it means Wyatt Russell is doing a good job. Uh, I think this was a very smart opening of the episode because it humanized him. He's in his normal uniform. He's practicing, and then at a certain point, he's like. I'm John, Captain. John Captain John Captain America. Like it was very funny and him being like nervous about what he's supposed to be. That's the real John. I wish we got more glimpses of that because when he's on and like he pra- was practicing his like good morning high school, like and trying to be Captain America, that really humanized the character. He's a cocky asshole. Like that is his is I hope throughout the series we get real John having imposter syndrome, not thinking he earned it. Cause it's so obvious. He's a cocky asshole. And was like, stay out of my way because he is also worried. He shouldn't be captain America. It's crazy because I like, I watched this, I watched this episode with you guys, which was actually weird. Cause we, we talk about how we always do that, but we rarely do it. We did this tonight. Uh, but I also watched it with my wife and she was like, why do you hate this person so much? It's just John Walker. And it's because of comic books and the cockiness <laughs> is the thing. Like, the shadow of Steve Rogers is insane, right? And so yeah. what he does is he – she asked me, why is he so bad? And I said, mm-hmm. like, I said cockiness, and I said, like, uh, I don't know, selfishness. But there's a couple things. There's two moments in this episode that we see. One, uh-huh. Steve Rogers would beat up bad guys. I feel like 
he was my dad, and I've I, I've given his <laughs> eulogy. Steve Rogers would never smile while beating up bad guys, mm-hmm. and on that truck, he's really enjoying it. And two, the second time where we know John Walker fucking sucks, and not just John Walker, but all dudes is all right. Well, if you walk out that door, don't ever think you can come back again. You know, like <laughs> Sam and Bucky are going away. And he just has to say that last fucking line because that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah. Well, then if you're not in my way, then stay out of my way. Yeah. Uh, there's even and he does. It's, it's not a ton of confidence. He just forces it out. Yeah. And and even Battlestar is like, oh, buddy. <laughs> are you uh, sure, bud? Uh, in in his interview, when he's like at his most human, there's a couple moments. Is uh the way he says, "Well, I followed his career very closely as an Avenger." There's there's something in the tone that rubbed me the wrong way, yeah. and then the line that Bucky rolled his eyes yeah. right after I rolled my eyes. He goes, "I never met him, but he felt as close as a brother." Uh-huh. That's the first sign that you're like, "Oh, this guy sucks." Mm-hmm. Well, and then the the thing that makes Sam leave the Jeep is, oh, I like, oh, I like, you know, I'm I'm Cap now, so I want to hang out with his wingmen. Yeah, which yeah. And, and Sam says you just had to say that one last line because they were all about to work together. Technically, like for Sam, like. He's a man with wings, but no. But like, he, then he then he leaves. It's it's not earned. Fuck you, Ryan. Do we have the um, this speaking of like this Captain America isn't like the the real one? Uh, did this Captain America use a gun or was that like yes? I, also, yes. he just tried to fucking shoot people. Yeah. So hey, Cap did that too though. In the first event, like I do like Cap. Is a soldier in the first Avenger. He uses a gun constantly on those Nazis. Oh, true, but they're Nazis. Like, come on, <laughs> you can use anything. <laughs> <laughs> I do. In, in the moment, I get you that he's smiling, and that's bad. Uh, a refreshing moment is his he, Battlestar got launched off the truck, and John Walker throws the shield and catches him, and like he slides. And the look they share, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. They have a bond, and they're both like, oh, my God, that worked. And watching these two learn how to be superheroes, if, if it was in a vacuum, that is endearing. If it's in a vacuum, yeah. And that was that was a hell of a way to use a shield. Like, God damn yeah. it, John Walker. It's like a snow <laughs> sled. It's fun and effective. Uh, I do want to talk about Bucky brings uh, Sam to meet a guy named Isaiah. What do you guys oh, know yeah. about this Isaiah guy? Isaiah Bradley. Is, uh, the minute Bucky was like, you know what? There's somebody you got to meet. I was just like, oh. Oh, it's gonna be Isaiah Bradley. Wait, you knew that? Yes. Who is this? I'm person? a bit of what you would call a nerd, Ryan. <laughs> this is news to me, Mike. Uh, who is Isaiah Bradley? Truth, red, white, and blue from like 2003. Uh uh-uh. uh. It turned out that just because they lost their first super soldier, that the government didn't stop because they didn't want to kill people. They took a bunch of black service members. They took 300 black service members, gave them botched super serum soldiers and one survived of the 300 and that was isaiah bradley so through the vietnam war he was a secret captain america uh and he stole the costume uh and went and did actual heroic stuff not what the government wanted him to do and then they threw him in jail and he is uh young avengers which some people on the internet think that phase four is slowly building up isaiah bradley is the grandfather of one patriot uh elijah bradley who leads the Young Avengers? And let's be clear here. And maybe we met him this episode too. 
not slowly building up. Like very clearly, very that is where we're moving to. And some sort of Sonic and Knuckles. I love because we talked about Justice League and how they do it. We have to talk about how Marvel does it, uh, which is about the people people stuff. Uh, Isaiah has a freak out and throws the thing across the room, and then it cuts directly to his grandson being like, "Oh God damn it, Granddad!" Not like just hangs <laughs> his head and be like, "Grandpa, this is so embarrassing, Grandpa." <laughs> <laughs> Such talk, a Grandpa move. Talk about the war again, Grandpa. Come on. <laughs> it was. Um, there is another character that we meet at the end. Uh, they refer to him as Z. Okay, this so this Zemo. is last week. Cassie, we talked about that we didn't hear about the uh, the villain, and you didn't know who it was until yes. now we have the big reveal. And I laughed out loud, because if I'm going to talk shit on Justice League, I'm going to talk shit on Marvel, too. This my boy. This was fucking... <laughs> Watch him go. They looked at each other, and they were like... And Bucky was like, no. And Falcon was like, yeah. And Bucky was like, no. And Sam was like, yeah. Or the other way around. And then... I'm he, glad you corrected it. He was like... <laughs> Zemo and then opera, Needle so drop, much opera, every opera ever, opera singer, and it's screaming. just It's just a short white dude sitting in a room. Of, <laughs> is the of big Baron the Zemo, come on, guys, know that you have that you're episodic, that you're doing a TV show, and that's not the way to handle the end of a TV show. No, that yeah. was that was a misstep. It was so silly. It was a lot of build-up to literally just a dude sitting there, and we seeing him through like a shitty like jail camera. Like it was insane. Although uh, I do think that every episode of this podcast, because it is episodic, should should end with Mike screaming no and me screaming yeah, <laughs> and then Cassie goes <laughs> People will love that. They'll be raving for it. Uh, would you guys have moments of the week though? I'll start with you, Ryan. Uh, my moment of the week has to be, because I think that you could sort of sum up the entire series, even though I've only seen two episodes, in one 30-second bit, which is Falcon saving Bucky, and then them just rolling around the ground <laughs> together for a solid two minutes, just going... Just fuck already. Yeah, just like, <laughs> it sounded violent, but sexual, and I loved it. <laughs> You know how Ryan do. Uh, Mike, what about you? What's your moment of the week? I have a couple. One also is violent but sexual. It's when they are in marriage counseling uh, and the therapist says, no, get closer. And they're just jamming their knees into each other's crotches. And how, <laughs> right before that happens, how excited Bucky is. Because he goes, oh, the soul staring. Like, he's he turns so, his chair so excitedly. Like, there's so, so many hops pumped. in that chair. <laughs> And let's be He's clear so that every time it. that me and Mike are in the same room, that's how we do, but there's no therapist telling us to. Yeah, we just do it, and everybody's like, please stop. <laughs> and then another one, is, and this is why I love Sam, is they're, when they're going to meet Isaiah, there's a little kid who's like, oh, you're a black falcon. And he's like, what are you, black kid? I'm just falcon. <laughs> <laughs> just They deliver it way better than that, but it made me laugh harder than I expected this show to be able to do. Well, yeah, but the person who laughs the most out of anybody in the audience is Falcon. He just yeah, like he yeah. walks from away for like twenty seconds, being like, "Yeah, like, I got that motherfucker. <laughs> I got that five year old." <laughs> like Bucky was not his hype man on this one, so he had to do no. it himself. Like he went to his friend, he's like, "That was fucking good, dude." <laughs> and that's why I know Bucky's old, but this he did a good white person movie. Is I'm not gonna laugh at any racialized joke. I don't know what I'm supposed to laugh at. I'm and just gonna walk away. Also, I, eventually, I came to love all the staring comments of like, "Does yeah. he always do that?" 
But should we talk about maybe next week about how Bucky would clearly fucking hate Sam? <laughs> because he's from 1940. Yeah, because he's 1940. And he's 104 years old. He's always been a cool guy, though, even from the beginning. He's called the White Wolf. Anyway, Cassie, what's your moment of the week? My moment of the week is when uh, Bucky makes some type of like Lord of the Rings comment or something, and they're they're like, "Oh, hipster back. Bucky!" <laughs> and he's like, "I read The Hobbit back in like 1937 when it came out, and like I, <laughs> I read it before it was cool." Hipster <laughs> Bucky strikes again. I love Hipster Bucky. I hope we get more of him. Uh, I'm sure you're watching it, but if you're not, it is on Fridays on Disney Plus. And we've done it, you guys. We have conquered this pull list yet again. So much. I guess you could call us heroes. Um, I know everybody else is. But we do, just like heroes, we got to give uh, some plugs at the end here. So, Mike, can you tell me about some websites? Yeah. Listen, all you freaky magoos. If you like this and everything else we've done, you will love yourpopfilter.com. It's where everything we create lives. But and- that's not true. What? What are you going to say, Cassie? Oh, what I was were you going to fucking say? I wasn't going to say anything. I would never dare come in between these things because I know there's more websites. Cassie, I'll do my H- plug now if you're ready. Rion.com slash filter is where you can go to get extra shit we make. Just uh, help us out a little. It's awesome. Get all kinds of cool stuff. And also go back to yourpopfilter.com. Throw a slash Amazon on there. That's your new Amazon. Help us while you're not being a capitalist consciously. Help your us help you. Help us help you help us help you. <laughs> We're the good guys here. Uh, the good guys also have some other shows. Ryan, can you tell the people about those? If you have already subscribed, rated, and reviewed the Superhero Show Show, then please also do that to Movie of the Year, a show where Pop Filter has the science and the screaming to determine what is the single greatest movie of any given year. <laughs> and then also, of course, the Unnatural 20s, where Cassie and two of her non-Ryan and Mike friends uh, try to discover Ew. what it's like to live through their 20s with just a roll of the dice. That's the Unnatural 20s and Movie of the Year and the Superhero Show Show, all downloadable, subscribable, rateable, and reviewable on all of your pod catchers. Yeah, and check out the Story Geeks. I guessed it on them last week. Hell yeah. They're also all reachable on uh, social media. We got one. It's at Your Pop Filter. We also got an email contact at Your Pop Filter. Uh, if you're watching The Walking Dead or anything, like go ahead and re- write out, reach out to us. You want to come on and talk about it? Go for it, my friends. <laughs> this Look, next- we're saying we know we don't do the best job with the shows we're we don't like. Openly <laughs> admitting we need people to talk about The Walking Dead because tonight we talked about shit. I don't know. We talked about Cassie's new water bottle, and Cassie is a great <laughs> water bottle. But Thank in that you. segment, we were supposed to be talking about The Walking Dead. No, but uh, my water bottle deserves at least 10 minutes, and it got shorted. Maybe we can talk about it next week, but it is a big episode, so I don't know if we'll get to it, because we got to discuss the season finale of Resident Alien. I can't believe we're already there. I'm going to be so sad to say goodbye to this. Also, Snowpiercer and Superman. There's a lot happening next week. Wait, Cassie, Uh, do you mean by that, do you mean Superman and Lois? No, the other Superman. The Superman who can save the Snyder Cut. The big daddy Superman. Real Superman. Goth-ass Superman. With the one who can scream for 10 minutes straight. Can't wait to oh, see yeah. what that lungs capacity is like. Uh, I could do that as well. <laughs> no big deal. It's what you're known for. Uh, so be sure to tune in for that episode. It's going to be great. For Mike, I'm Ryan Fry. And I'm Mike for me. I am me. Bye, everyone. Bye.